Blog Talk Radio. the country and around the world streaming live on the internet it's real estate coaching radio bringing you the latest news interviews and secrets of the top producers hosted by award-winning real estate coaches tim and julie harris okay we are back and welcome back to real estate coaching radio your unfiltered full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom so a reminder for all of you, and I know a lot of our regular listeners know exactly what I'm about to say, we are at the beginning stages of a 7- to 10-year real estate boom, a real estate boom that will make the last real estate boom look like child's play. There's going to be so much opportunity in so many different ways that those of us who are tuned in to the opportunity are going to, frankly, be able to help thousands and thousands of folks and make a fortune. So open your mind to what you need to be learning and, most importantly, what actions you need to be taking now to make the most of this new real estate boom. So yesterday's radio show raised a few eyebrows. It raised a few eyebrows because I think it really gets to the heart of what one of the real issues is that's plaguing the real estate industry. And what I, I think, exposed many of you to for the first time based on the feedback that we got was that a lot of the coaching and training, a lot of the different things that you guys have been led to believe works, were not designed to work truly in this kind of market, this kind of economy, this kind of, with, this kind of uh, you know, buyers and sellers. Everything has changed, but most importantly, what we see changing are the, na- the nature of the agents that are in the business. What do I mean? For the longest time, maybe even from the first day that someone thought, hey, let's start a real estate brokerage, maybe even forever beyond that, real estate has never really been treated as a normal career, as something somebody does for a long period of time. In other words, it's not really been treated with respect, with the respect that it deserves. So a lot of the coaching and the training that you guys have received has been designed to, what, help you put a few deals together with the assumption that after 24 months you probably weren't going to be in the industry. How do I know that? How, do, how should you and why should you believe that? Well, take a look around. Haven't you noticed that a lot of the same guys that have been out, you know, the old farts that have been basically you know, t- selling their silver bullets, coaching and training and whatnot, are the same ones that have been doing it for decades? Well, if what they had to offer truly worked, why would and why is it that so many agents are no longer in the business? Think back just last year. How many agents do you know are no longer in the business this year that were in the business last year? It's kind of staggering to think about that. Now, listen, I know that's kind of a negative thing to talk about, and a lot of you guys don't want to, you know, you don't necessarily resonate with what I just said. But what I just said is the truth. Most of what you're being taught, most of what you have been taught is not designed around helping you build a long-term, ever-improving, sustainable real estate business around profit. Most of what you guys are doing is just essentially learning how to make ends meet, if that, for maybe the next 24 months or so. Think about that. Consider what actions you're taking. And you know what? The, the real bottom line litmus test, as far as if what you're doing truly works, is look at your profit. So yesterday we talked about that. Yesterday we talked about basically how rich people save. And today we're going to talk about how rich people invest. So assuming you're running a profitable real estate business, assuming you know that profit is truly your, practice, or is truly your product in your real estate practice, then the next step is 
is what do you do with the profits now that you have them? So on today's radio show, I'm really going to focus in on some basics of investing. And again, a lot of this is going to be contrarian type of advice. A lot of these, you know, the investing things I'm going to suggest to you today are going to be the types of things that, frankly, a very high paid an investment advisor would encourage you to do, but it's the exact opposite of what most of us do, especially when we get started investing. So I'm going to take a real quick commercial break, and when I come back, I'm going to give you some specific ideas on how you can be investing to make the most of the profits you're making from this new real estate boom. Is coaching right for you? And how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you are asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know? And more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach. A proven market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best not someone who is simply assigned to you, or even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online? at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. Okay, we're back. So let's just jump right in. So assuming you listened to yesterday's radio show, I know that you guys are focused now on the true product of your business, which is profit. So your next step in building your financial portfolio, building wealth for yourself and your family, is to do the following. Have at least, well, ideally six months worth of cash reserves for your personal overhead. So if you need, obviously, five or $10,000 a month, you need to have six months, $30,000 or $60,000 worth of money set aside. That needs to be in cash. 
you could put that in a safe. It needs to be someplace that's totally secure. The next thing after that, and notice I'm doing this in this order intentionally, is you need to have no debt. Now, I did not say pay off your debt before you have your savings account. I said have your savings account before you pay off your debt. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why that we can't really have time or we don't have time to discuss on today's radio show. But rule number one is have six months' worth of savings. Rule number two is then attack your debt. If you've got credit cards, here's a little interesting psychological thing. A lot of people will suggest to you that you should pay off the highest credit card balances first. And you shouldn't. You should not. You should pay off the slowest balances first. Because psychologically, you're going to feel better knowing that you paid a credit card off, and it will encourage you to continue to do it. Now, be very, very careful that if you find yourself in a lot of credit card debt, that you, you know, really take care of that first. Because credit card debt, with the way that the interest is charged, a lot of you don't read your statements. When I was growing up, it was actually illegal to charge a certain percent in interest. I think it was like 16 or 17 percent. But some of you are charged over 30 percent now on your credit cards. So really be mindful of that. Pay off all your debt. I want you also to consider paying off your house. Now, having a house that's paid for is an interesting little situation. It's always something that people like to argue about. But here's the thing. Even if your interest rate is, say, like 4 or 5%, right? Let's say you owe $300,000 on your house, and it's you know, 4 or, 5, 4 or 5%. So on paper, the interest rate's really low. Well, you're essentially guaranteeing to pay 4 or 5% on your unpaid mortgage balance to whoever your mortgage investor is. So it's a great investment for them. In essence, if you were to fall into, say, $300,000, you know, somebody passes away, leaves you $300,000, and you have a choice. Do I pay off my house and stop paying that 4 or 5% interest every month, or do I invest that money someplace else where maybe I can get a 4 or 5%, maybe a return on my investment? Unless you know for sure that you can get 4 or 5% guaranteed return on your investment, you're always going to be better to pay off your house. Why? Because you are, in essence, saving yourself that interest payment, and that interest payment is, in essence, money in the bank because you're no longer saving or you're no longer having to spend the money on the interest payment. You can save that mortgage payment, and then you can start reinvesting that. Not to mention how great it feels not having a mortgage. Now, some of you, again, are going to be challenged by that. You're going to question uh, whether or not you should be taking your money and also then in making the same mistake that people have been doing for decades and taking that cash that you've set aside and then leveraging yourself into a bunch of different mortgages, uh, you know, buying as many properties as you can, that in your mind is maybe the way you build wealth. Not true, because the bottom line is, is unless you have all kinds of financial reserves, if you have those high mortgage balances and you have five or six vacancies or a bunch of houses that need roofs or all the other types of problems that happen with rental properties, you could quickly go underwater on your you know, cash flow and quickly you're facing down financial demons. A lot of you guys have been through that learning cycle. Don't do it again. It's better to have fewer uh, you know, essentially paid off properties, and we're going to talk about real estate here in a second, than it is to have a ton with mortgages. The bottom line is be very, very careful about assuming any debt. Debt is the destroyer of all, I mean, in terms of you know, accomplishing financial goals. So continuing on the path here, what are the types of things that have a, will have a typically devastatingly you know, negative financial impact on yourself, your family, your business? And how can you mitigate those risks? Well, here are the obvious ones. First of all, we discussed having the six months worth of personal savings. That's first of all. Second of all, I want you to seriously consider upping your health insurance because 
Who knows what might happen to you or a family member? And a lot of you guys have really crazy health insurance. So Julie and I, earlier this year, when we, um, you know, a lot of you guys know that we uh, had a baby in uh, uh, January. We adopted a baby girl. So we went through the whole health insurance rigmarole again, and we discovered that the new health insurance policies that were available in Texas were only marginally more expensive than what we were paying previously, but after, offered vastly better coverage. Some of you guys don't realize that you can actually buy health insurance with no deductible and no co-pays, meaning you'll have no expense anytime you go to the doctor ever. So look into that, and I do recommend you go to healthcare.gov and research the different opp- opportunities that are available now because of the Affordable Health Care Act. I'm not getting political because I know some of you guys are wrapped up in that, but I am focusing on what? Helping you build wealth, and one of the surest fire ways for you to help, uh, for you to build wealth is mitigate any financial setbacks that come from occasional cash flow snafus. That's the reason you want to have your six months reserves and maybe some health issues that are inevitable. I mean, you're, someone's going to you know stub a toe or someone's going to need surgery to remove. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's life. Thank God we live in an era where modern medicine could do so much for us. Just, you know, think about 20 years ago how fewer options we had when developing health issues that, you know, it comes with age, right? So moving forward, what are we talking about here? We're talking about how to invest. So let's talk about, now that we've talked about the different basic things you should be setting yourself up for in terms of your financial future, let's talk about some uh, an investment philosophy. So there's no better person to study when it comes to investing than Warren Buffett. And Warren Buffett says something which I think is really interesting. He only invests in businesses he understands. Now, let's assume this guy's really, really smart. He's you know, smarter than any of us can hope, ever hope to be. And look at the things that he invests in. It's all in his public filings. You can go to the Berkshire Hathaway website, and you can look to see what the shares of the companies he's buying. He buys railroads. He buys the types of companies that are easy to understand. He doesn't buy speculative companies. You're not going to see him buying share, shares in some new dot-com company. He wants to buy companies that have predictable, duplicatable cash flow. So here's a thought for you. Do what Warren Buffett does. Start by reading a lot of his books. I think Julie and I have read all of them. We've even read the ones that are written by other people about him. Read the books, understand the philosophy, and adopt his investing practices. Now, another thought for you is you might actually want to invest in Berkshire Hathaway stock. It is really expensive, but still, there's another great you know, way to sort of set aside some money. Hasn't been doing that great over the last couple of years in comparison to other things. But what Berkshire Hathaway does, what Warren Buffett has proven, is steady, consistent investing in businesses that are the bellwether type businesses will make it so you win at the end. The mindset that a lot of us have, because of the nature of what we do probably, is we're overly speculative. We think that in order to get rich, you basically have to go to Vegas, bet it all on red, and win. In other words, we don't realize that the slow, steady wins the game in the fast run-up that we all think that is the only way to actually build true wealth. We think and we believe that it's going to take some big liquidity event for us to become wealthy. The reality of it is, is a vast majority of the, you know, the wealthiest families in the world, they have done it over long periods of investing. And, you know, you guys probably know this, but the biggest landholder in the whole entire world is who? The Catholic Church. The biggest real estate owner in the United States is Blackstone, and they've been investing in real estate. So there's something to be said for real estate. And obviously the new legacy wealth and the old legacy wealth, they get it. So real estate's the next thing I want to talk with you guys about. 
So when you're purchasing rental properties, and all of you should seriously be considering purchasing rental properties, start with purchasing your own because you have built-in commission. Don't over-leverage yourself. Do consider buying properties that are not in your own market. We have thousands of uh, realtor coaching clients in California. In California, it's really difficult to justify buying a rental property unless you have a massive down payment or you're paying cash because of the fact that the prices are so high. Look into great markets like Austin, Texas. Look into our old home turf in Columbus, Ohio. Search outside of your natural backyard and go look around different parts of the country. You can hire a property manager to manage it for you. We have properties in different states, and we get checks every month from our property managers. It works out great. You can do the same thing. It's not so difficult and complicated. Connect with one of our existing Harris Real Estate University students you know, and get to know other markets. So real estate, by definition, is a great investment. There's all kinds of different tax ramifications and benefits from owning property, but one of the best reasons to buy it now, and the reason that so many of these Wall Streeters are buying it, is because they are banking on inflation. Now, a lot of you guys aren't familiar with what I'm talking about. When inflation happens, and it's already starting to happen, you can see it in food prices, for example. You can see it in different aspects of um, you know, different things that consumers have to buy. So when inflation kicks in, what it does do is it raises the prices. I'm not going to say value necessarily, but it raises the prices on everything, real estate being one of the biggest beneficiaries. So in a rapidly in, 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 uh, era or time of inflation, which a lot of people believe is on the horizon when I have no idea, real estate is going to rapidly appreciate, and that is going to be a great opportunity for you to at least on paper make some money. That's one of the biggest reasons that these Wall Street guys from New York are, you know, and everywhere else are buying these properties, are buying so many properties. It's because they're still banking on there being, there being some abnormal appreciation as a result of inflation entering back into the economy. That will happen. Um, I read about it constantly, trying to get an gauge on when it's really going to happen. Different people have differing opinions. But for now, real estate, provided that you're in a market where the numbers make sense, is a great, uh, it's still a great opportunity. What you look for as a rule is you look for the 10%, uh, a 10% return. So if it's a $100,000 property, try to buy a property in a market where a $100,000 property is going to give you $1,000 a month in rent. Make sense? Now, it doesn't always work out that way. I realize that. But remember, you're also going to have expenses that go along with owning the property and also factor into the equation, the idea that maybe you're going to have some vacancies. Some of you have resisted buying rental properties because you're worried about the tenant trashing the property and you know all the negative things that go along with that. Well, there are types of insurance policies that you can buy that not only will fix the property back up to rentable condition, but also cover the months that the uh, property is being fixed up. So some tenant trashes your property, they move out, you got to, you know, it's $50,000 for repairs. Um, well, there are homeowners insurance policies that will not only cover the 50000 but cover you for the three or four months while the property is getting rehabbed. In other words, it will cover what the tenant would have been paying. So the opportunity to mitigate risk in uh, re uh, residential real estate is pretty immense. You really, depending on where you buy, don't have a lot of downside risk. And the other thing that's great about real estate, obviously, as you can go in there and buy a property, say, again, for $100,000, and yes, guys, there's still plenty of parts of the country where you can buy properties for $100,000. So you buy something for $100,000, you put down twenty dollars or $30,000, you have a $70,000 mortgage, and let's say you rent it out for $1,000 a month, you have a mortgage payment with taxes of 
$600 a month. So you're making $400 a month. That's not bad, right? Well, don't take that $400 and go to Vegas. Take that $400 and put it back into paying off the balance of that mortgage. Or better yet, pay cash when you first, you know, basically to begin with. Going back to yesterday's radio show that your product is profit. Add this to your total financial goal, which should be having enough passive income coming in every single month that you have at least all your own personal overhead covered. So that is ultimately what you should be working towards. Whatever your own personal overhead is, 5000 or 10000 your goal should be working towards, A, getting that overhead down by paying off debts, and B, uh, making it so that you have enough passive income sources coming in to make it so if you chose to, you didn't have to work anymore. Or at the very least, you had financial security. Because as, you know, frankly, a lot of you, I think, probably have an idea of, it is worth the struggle. It is worth the work. It is worth the sacrifice to become rich. Because not having to worry about money anymore, the, the emotions, the stresses, the strains, I want all of you guys to experience not having those in your life anymore. I want all of you guys to know how much, you know, the amazing thing is, and, and a lot of my coaching clients, my personal ones, you know, you guys have become millionaires, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Once you reach that level of financial security, you actually are mentally and emotionally able to earn more money, not less, because you're no longer worrying about the lack of money. You're now seeing the power that money has for you to create even more financial security, to create more passive income, to have more fun in life. Now, let's move off real estate. And, and, you know, some of you guys are going to look into investment properties of the multifamily variety, and those are obviously a lot of times fantastic. Some of you are going to look into commercial stuff. But the thing is, again, real estate, stay with that as a mindset, is a great way for you to benefit in multitudes of ways. Um, a, you obviously get the cash flow from the property. B, you get the appreciation from the property. And C, you have the tax benefits of the property. So there are all kinds of benefits from owning rental property that you don't have in traditional securities. But let's move and talk about securities. Now, securities are obviously all kinds of insurance and all kinds of stocks and bonds and all kinds of different things of that nature. Again, read Warren Buffett books. I am by far, not even remotely, a financial expert, but guess what? Julie and I read books constantly. We seek the advice of people who are the best of their best in their field, like a lot of you are when you guys, frankly, join our coaching programs. We seek similar folks when we're trying to expand our horizons and our knowledge base so then we can pass the information along to you. So with that in mind, when you're investing, let's start out with insurance. Term life insurance. That's it. Write that down. You should be buying term life insurance, not a whole policy. Whole life insurance has gotten a bad reputation and in many reasons, it's, in many ways it should, you need to uh, do your own reading on term versus whole life, but they try to sell whole life insurance policies with the idea that they're going to be investment vehicles, but the reality of it is, is you only need a term life insurance policy, and then um, the money, so like a whole life policy is substantially more than a term life, take the money you would have been paying into a whole life policy, and then invest it into something like, and this is what I wrote down for you, an S&P index fund. Now, Standard & Poor's basically tracks you know, the best-performing stocks. You guys know what the blue-chip companies are. You've heard all these terms before. So an index fund is the best way to invest because it essentially takes an index of all the top stocks, and when you invest in a fund, you're essentially investing all the best-of-breed stocks that there are um, in, available for you to purchase. So having that in mind, you should do something called dollar-cost averaging. 
And what that means is, remember, again, we talked about this yesterday, you should be setting aside 10% from every commission check, and that commission check then gets invested. So then what you should do is you should dollar cost average into an S&P index fund or something of that nature. But I strongly encourage all of you guys to do your own homework on this because the, you know what's crazy is that in our business it's nice and transparent. You are listing with an agent, you are going to pay this commission. But when you start wandering into the whole securities industry, there are so many different ways that those guys to try to take, uh, make money off you. You know, there's the no load, there's, this, there's the fees, there's the annual fees, there's the, you know, all these Mickey Mouse ways that they essentially try to take your hard-earned money. So look for an S&P index fund that essentially is no load. You literally can purchase directly without a salesman, for example, into certain uh, index funds or have very, very low fees. Um, there's a company that as soon as I remember the name of it, I will share with you guys. But this all goes back to doing your own homework and really researching what's going to produce for you the best results. For the most part, when you're investing in traditional securities, you should expect over the lifetime of the security, really, honestly, no better than maybe a 45 to a 5% return. Now, when I was growing up, you guys, a lot of you guys who are my age and older, you'll know this, every financial analysis you ever did, retirement calculator, was always based on a 7% return on investment. You show me where I can lock in a 7% long-term return on investment, and I will... I promise you, you'll have more people beating a path to your door than you could possibly imagine. There is nothing like that. It doesn't exist. So if you want to get something that even resembles long-term security, you know, you're going to be lucky if you get 45 to 5%. Unfortunately, that is true. And the reality of it is, is it's even going to get worse. There's going to be even less opportunity to buy really financially secured, locked down, you know, bond type things where you're going to get a rate of return that even frankly, keeps up with inflation. So keep that in mind. That's the reason I prefer the S&P index fund type products. So dollar cost average, you're going to take a certain percent of the 10% that you're saving every single month, and then you're going to send a certain percent of that off into your S&P index fund. Now, you've got to research how to go about and what form of retirement plan you need to be setting up. A lot of people will tell you to invest in, and unfortunately I don't have this in the tip of my tongue right now, but invest in, it's either a a 401k, and uh, Tim Ventura, producer, if you can research this real quick um, while on the radio show so I can tell them which one to invest in. There's two different forms. One, you pay a SEP IRA, I, I think that's it, SEP IRA, and the other is a Roth IRA. I know I'm getting it right now. So one of them, you pay the taxes when you pull it out, you know, in other words, you basically are you you invest the money, uh, you do it. Uh, you you don't. It's essentially pre-tax money. You're investing it, and then you pay the taxes when you go to pull it out at 67 or whenever you pull it out, right? The other is you pay the taxes now, and your money appreciates over time uh, without having to pay any taxes when you pull it out. You follow me on that? So one, you pay the taxes now. You invest pre-tax dollars, and the other you invest. You, know, you invest and then you pay the taxes when you pull it out. I want you to invest the money with the uh, taxes already being paid. Don't invest it with the taxes being uh, still due when you start pulling it out. Why? Because taxes are going to increase. There's no doubt in anybody's mind that taxes aren't going to increase. You don't know how much they're going to increase by the time you need to start pulling the money out. So for God's sake, pay the taxes now, and then you know that the money you're investing – 
You can ride that out, and then when you start pulling out, there's no taxes due. So if you balance this correctly, if you think about this, your investment portfolio is going to have essentially three legs. You're going to have the consistent investing into the traditional securities, like, for example, you know, the S&P index funds, and you're going to invest that through your IRA. Maybe you're going to start a 401K. You get the idea. Then you're going to have the real estate, and then you're going to have other assets. Now, the other assets category are the more volatile-type assets. Those can be businesses that you invest in. Now, I'm going to caution you guys something, and this is something I hear in our industry all the time. People are going to say things like, well, I invest in my business. I'm going to buy another brokerage, or I'm going to do something else because my brokerage gets me a great return on investment. On paper, that makes perfect sense to me. It really does. But the reality of it is, is it's too risky. Investing all your profits back into your own business is too risky. In your industry, it's too risky. How many of you have heard stories about people who basically had all this money from their own companies? You know, they work at some company, and then you know that company goes south, and as a result of that, they lose their uh, all their nest egg. Well, if you invest in your own company, and that's your primary you know source of return on your investment, you're gonna probably not end well financially. So your goal is to take the money out of your real estate business in the form of profit and reinvest that money into other things like what I just talked about. So here's a rule. Real, selling real estate does not make you rich. It just doesn't. Doing something with the profits from selling real estate is what makes you rich. You need to take that profit out and you need to diversify it. You need to be really strategic about it. Keep in mind that the slow, steady approach is what wins. Do what Warren Buffett does. He doesn't invest in things that he doesn't understand. So you should not be investing in things that you don't understand. Literally, do not buy a stock in a company. Don't let anyone sell you a stock in a company that you can't within like five seconds easily understand. You know, Warren Buffett buys railroads. I get railroads, don't you? Warren Buffett buys big real estate brokerages. Well, I like how he's getting in the real estate business by owning stocks in the companies of, that own the brokerages that basically then trickles down from you guys. So that kind of makes sense. But owning a real estate brokerage or thinking that your greatest return on your investment is going to be from expanding your existing real estate practice, on paper, again, it makes sense. But the smart uh, way to invest is going to be diversify out of your own backyard. So guys, this is how rich people invest. And remember, how many times did I say on this call, on this radio show today, go and do your own homework. And that is the other thing that rich people do. They constantly do their own homework. They never stop learning. And you need to do the same thing. So please keep that in mind. And in the meantime, if you need us for anything, what are you supposed to do? Go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and request a free coaching call. We are here to help you. Our goal is the same of what your goal should be for you to build true wealth. And remember, rich is when your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. Help us get you there. Help us to remind you why you originally got in the real estate business. Make the most of this real estate boom. If you need us for anything, free coaching calls for agents.com. Have a fantastic day, and we're going to pick up on uh, the same theme for the rest of the week except for Friday, because Friday, as you guys know, is when our, um, our tech coach comes on and presents. So make sure you tune in on Friday. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, 
visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.